Good morning, Mrs. Strawberry, and good morning, Mrs. Wrong. I am your host, Shana Dumchuck, and my guest this episode is a performer, a fellow podcaster, a lifelong friend, and my brother from another mother, Mr. Paul Gravavac, and we are going to try and make the world a better place, one word at a time. Our word this week is wrong. This podcast goes for 25 minutes, but first, as always, it is time for the three-point check and some home truths. Welcome to the show, Mr. Paul Gravavac. How is your head, your heart, and your tummy? Hello, Shane Adamchuk. Uh, how is my head, my heart, my tummy? Well, firstly, thank you for having me here. My head is all over the place. I'm over in New South Wales. We've been in lockdown for over three months now, um, which I know some people are doing far worse off than us. Um, but currently, my lived experience of moving to Sydney is yeah. You that really my head. botched that move to Sydney, bud. Yeah, 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 yeah. You timed that well. Well, look, fate, coincidence, providence, who knows? My, my, yeah, my head's all over the place, but uh, doing things like this is really helpful. My heart is also pretty heavy with all the sorrows uh, that come with uh, all this sort of stuff. And um, yeah, no, I'm not trying to bring the party down. It's, it's not a great place the world's in right now. Hey, you got to feel whatever you feel, man. That's what the three-point check's all about. Exactly. But my tummy is absolutely singing with joy because we got to go uh to the pastry sisters i'll try and find their name properly and give it a shout out later and had some like caramelized onion tarts and cauliflower Ooh. quiches and this like ricotta and spinach uh, uh sausage roll type thing and boy howdy does good food actually help with the uh heart and head situation it absolutely does and just as a side note caramelized onion tart was my nickname in high school i know yeah so that's a whole nother podcast though that was. Speaking of high school, um, you missed our 21-year high school reunion because you were in lockdown, you dumb dummy. Well, you got to help me there because you dialed me in while I was walking outside in the rain. <laughs> was that a confusing experience for you? I'm sure it was for everyone who hadn't seen me for 20 years. It was like, who's this bearded man with a rain poncho on? Yeah. Why are you showing <laughs> us a man in the dark at our high school reunion? Anyway, it was fun you were sorely missed. Now, well, hope you all feel better soon. Um, great. So that's a three-point check. Now, uh, before we get into your word, which is wrong, and I'm very mm-hmm. interested to know why you picked that, uh, you, mm-hmm. as my guest, do get to ask me a question. It is, of course, uh, up to you how serious or silly you want that question to be. And my only job is to give you uh, as honest an answer as I possibly can. So the floor is yours. Okay. So um, it ties to the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it'd be an interesting one to pull apart. Sure. Um, so Shane, when you know you are wrong or in the wrong, what are the mental steps you go through to get yourself or the person you have wronged on the right path again? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes that can be a hard thing to, to deal with, especially if you're a, a stubborn person. But I think one thing that I try to do and try to work on as a person is to be able to admit when you are wrong because Mm. there's nothing worse than someone that's in the wrong. That's just so stubborn that they won't admit it and they won't, they're not willing to, to change their point of view. And we're seeing that in the world. God damn more than ever. Um, I don't know about what specific steps. I mean, I try to be pretty open about saying or admitting that I'm open to other people's point of view. And if they are able to, prove to me that something I'm doing is incorrect and I should be doing it a different way then mm-hmm. just just being open to it I guess yep. being open to change and not being stuck in my ways and I know I've definitely been guilty of that in the past um but I'm trying to work on it 
you know, trying to be open to other opinions uh, based on fact. Mm. Yeah, and look, we're all on that journey. I think that's a, a forever journey, right? Yeah, and I think it's definitely like, it's definitely not a weakness. It's definitely a strength, I think, for someone to be able to say, uh, I was wrong uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should see weakness in another person for doing that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And being oh, like, 100%. great, that's, uh, everyone's just trying to grow and be be better. Yeah. Um, that's why, that's, I think that's one thing I struggle with, with um, like when you see like a celebrity or someone who's like, you know, getting quote unquote canceled, however you want to mm-hmm. view that for like a tweet or something that they did 20 years ago mm-hmm. um, that they clearly like forgot about. Like I can think about things I did 20 years ago that I would be absolutely mortified if I said or did. Now, 100%. You know, just, I was just, there for half of them. Yeah. Just, just words that we used and things that mm-hmm. we did that no way would we do now because society is evolving and society is changing. Um, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the like examples I like to use is when people like rag on friends the the sitcom friends Mm -hmm. because they say this you know there's a little bit of homophobia and transphobia in it and the thing is like us being able to recognize that now like if they made friends now it wouldn't be like that it was from you know 20 20 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and the fact that we can look back at it now at an episode of friends go oh that's a little bit dodgy means that we have evolved and grown as a society and if anything that's a that's a good thing right yeah, it's interesting how it relates to media versus media personalities. And mm. I think you're right. There is that time capsule element where, um, you know, you reflect and go like, all right, that's a product of the time. Yeah. And we can reflect and say like, all right, that's a good almost snapshot on society. And it lets us know where we were as a, you know, progressive or non-progressive group of people. Um, but a celebrity nowadays, like there was that, um, I forget her name, but she got caught the other week basically doing drugs inside of lockdown at a party. Yeah. Yeah. And she just puts up this apology tweet, which seems very sort of lip servicey. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's just a great example of just like, I was in the wrong, but the, the authenticity and going back to what you just said earlier about like, I try to reflect, I try to actually come back and either let myself have that permission or go tell someone, Hey, I was in the wrong. Thank you for this information. I didn't feel that safe from, you know, that celebrity example where I'm yeah. pretty sure they're probably doing blow right now on the back yeah. of the toilet. Off a Kmart plate. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. And like, it doesn't even need to be like a big, you know, public thing, mm-hmm. even if it's just reaching out to to that one person that you feel that you had wronged and just saying like, hey, I did this uh, and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Um, without mm-hmm. making him like a big to do uh, yeah a big to do about it going i'm a great person now like it's just it shouldn't be about like making sure everyone else knows you're a good person it should be about yourself knowing you're a good person that you're trying yeah. your best to do the best you can exactly and it's it's hard man the world's fucked up right now yeah There's it's hard lot, to hold all these emotions right a lot of emotions a lot of people basing a lot of shit not on <laughs> facts and it's hard to deal with well i've been doing my own research oh uh, yeah good <laughs> uncle facebook huh <laughs> That's that's the 2021 phrase. I think if 2020 was like pivoting, I think 2021 is I've done my own research. Yeah, I've done my own research. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, great. Good question. Uh, Good so answer. That, that does lead into the word that you picked, mm-hmm. uh, which we have not had before. It is the word wrong. What what mm-hmm. caused you to uh, to choose that word? So look, there's there's a huge story behind this. And when you invited me to be on the show, like I was thinking about obviously. Yeah. Finally. <clears throat> finally. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of words out there. It's a lot to just pick one. Um, And I was trying to think of a word that either meant a lot to me, but like I ended up settling on one that actually has had a lot of 
prominence in my life. And I'm going to tell you a little story okay? Um, that sort of brings this to bear. Um, so my father is very Eastern European. Yes, um, he is. I can confirm this. <laughs> I'm the, uh, I've done only, my research. You've done your own research? It's yeah. confirmed. Uh, like I'm the only son in a family of five. And uh, when I was 11, we moved to a rural property. Um, and I had the unenviable task of helping him do everything. Like I can also confirm this. this. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this wasn't his or my full-time job, this farm. You know, I was in year seven. He worked six, seven days a week mm-hmm. uh, as a carpenter. And like throughout the years, um, we worked on a lot of things from like building a vineyard, keeping animals, making wine, uh, building different structures, maintaining the property. Like it's a, it's a list as long as life itself, you know? Um, and when you work on a farm or you live on a farm, albeit just from my small 10-acre property perspective, you know, you, you're never done. You know, there's always work. It never ends, right? Mm-hmm. So where all this is all heading is one word I heard more than most, or at least one word that would stick in my head more than most uh, for years to come was the word wrong. Ah, okay. Um, so for example, I'd be helping him with something or he would lead me to do a task. And when he would notice that I had used the wrong tool or tied something down the wrong way, or maybe took initiative to try and help, instead of you know trying to help me or educate me in that moment i would just hear the word sort of slathered in frustration and mild disappointment wrong um and you know of course hindsight lovely thing um now being on this side of life where Mm -hmm. i've you know run my own carpentry business as well like him i felt the stressors and sort of like hurdles that he did albeit without a family of five um to support you know yet um i can i can see where all his frustrations would come from you know yeah. and it's hard to leave your baggage at the door when you're coming home from work where you work like a dog outdoors all day and you come home and pick up a shovel and work like a dog till the sun goes down as well you know and i, I want to be clear <laughs> i love my dad i can confirm this as well i've yeah. seen it uh, i love all his faults um you know, and, and God knows I've rubbed him the wrong way uh, growing up a lot. Um, I probably still do. You know, he had to grow up with this slightly effeminate, heavy left-leaning son who would question almost everything <laughs> yeah. he suggests. That's our job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in spite of all my failures and wrongness, I did learn a lot of skills from him. You know, I can, I can make a tasty bottle of wine. I can cook you can. Uh, like any good old mm-hmm. Croatian. I can build a fence, a shed, a house. I can I can take care of your animals. I can make uh, my friends and guests feel like kings and queens when I host a party. And he taught me all of that. So there's a lot to be grateful for. And it, it's funny how the word wrong has tracked over that lifespan. You know, 11 till now, I'm 30. How old are we now? 38? 38, bud. Sorry. Oh, sorry God. to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I remember... We all just shit, son. <laughs> I remember um, telling some uni friends. Uh, this fact about my dad, you know, over time as we were studying over years and it became basically a, a joke when we we're working on a show or, or something like that, building sets, um, where they would walk around and just say wrong, you know, to me or to others, you know, yeah. and there was even this one time, uh, I had my friends over for a lamb on the spit. Um, I was doing it. So I wired the lamb onto the pole and all my friends were in the shed with me. And, you know, my dad came in to look at my work. Uh, keep in mind, I'm like 25 years old at this point, And he surveyed my work and just said, wrong. And like all these people had heard this, you know, this legend, this story. Yeah. You know, it was 
everything for them not to burst out laughing. Just a collective um, gasp and an immediate holding of the breath. Yeah. You know, this caricature that I He invented. did it. He really did it. <laughs> it just the legends are true. <laughs> Um, one of those friends actually that you know, Chris Donnelly, who's appeared on um, a couple of the shows that you've uh, been a part of as well. The case. It's true. He made us eat hot chips and hot sauce one time. <laughs> he actually uh, screen printed me he's a, a shirt. He's a bully. He's a spice bully. Well, let me turn your heart around because he printed me a shirt once, a screen printed a shirt that said, not wrong, just different. Aww. You know, and, and that shirt is the message and the idea and the hopefulness uh, that I see around the word wrong. That's you know? beautiful. I like that. Yeah. So, like, you know, now I know it's not a heartwarming tale where we all learnt a lesson and my dad sort of looks proudly and says right from now on. Yeah. Um, but it's it over time it sort of let me reflect and, you know, think about how we respond. And it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier, like how do we respond when things are wrong or people are wrong? How do you, you think? Know? How do you think that is kind of, going to shape you in the future, say in the future, you know, in 10 years, let's say you've got a couple of kids, a mm. couple of little rascal boys uh, rummaging around. Do you think that's going to affect the way that you, uh, you treat them as a father? I think about that a lot. Like, do you um, think you have a choice in the matter or do you think there's like some kind of inherent um, genes in you that like one I don't day know. you're I just mean, going to find yourself saying it, you're like, fuck. There's a nature versus nurture, right? And yeah. I, I've struggled with this all my life because my dad is definitely, like I said, family of five, me and my dad are the only boys, you know, my nana used to take care of us a lot. Uh, my granddad was, you know, not particularly butch. He was a mechanic, but he was very sweet, gentle, gentle man. Um, so he was the sort of dominant male figure for so much of my life. And I feel those impulses, you know, all the observed behaviors I've seen over my life, I feel them triggering me. Sometimes they happen, sometimes I catch them. And it's a really interesting question, isn't it? So, because I'm always trying to be on guard to like, there is so much of my dad I do want to be, but, you know, we've all got to grow beyond. It's like what Yoda says, you know, that's the burden of all masters. We are what they grow beyond. And I want to grow beyond that as well. Yeah. You know, you just, so, I think it's about like being able to, to cherry pick the things that you love, inherit those and, mm. and work through the things that you want to in, improve or, um, you know, add on yep. to. Um, uh, yeah. Like I know, I know for myself and my brother growing up, like my dad, uh, awesome guy, very funny guy, but, do, you know, had a, had a bit of a temper with us. To be fair, we were really shitty teenagers to each other. I uh, can confirm this. Yeah. So really I shitty. can, you know, I now looking back hundred percent, understand why my dad was so annoyed <laughs> at us a lot of the time. And I see it, I see it come out in my brother and in myself sometimes now that we're in our thirties. And I'm mm-hmm. like, is, you know, I, we were always like, we'll never be that as angry as dad was. We're like, I don't know. I don't know. Those nephews of mine can be pretty annoying sometimes, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. But do you yeah. think there's, do you think there's comfort? in that as well where we're like relying on something that feels familiar and it may not feel correct might in fact be wrong but there's some sort of comfort going like oh no my instinct is to do this because that's what I know that's what I was nurtured into yeah I mean it's it's all about you know growing up and like I always think about like how the fuck does a like a dog learn how to walk or a giraffe figure out what it's supposed to do how does a wolf learn how to hunt and it's just like those instincts that are like in us from when we when we pop out of the virgin, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you should probably censor that word, but outside of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I was a cesarean baby, so I didn't touch the sides. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't know you were Roman. <laughs> yeah, 
from oh. way back. I killed Caesar, dude, with a knife. Et tu, Brutus, that's me. That was me. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Like, I'm, I'm obviously no prince, you know. I still fuck up and let my underlying feelings get the better of me. And, you know, when, when, when we have this opportunity, though, you know, like, we're trying to make the world a better place here, right? That's, that's what this chat is that's all about. That's what it's all about, baby boy. Um, so I think when people are wrong or, like, the world is wrong or, or are wronged, like, they're huge moments of opportunity for all of us, you know? I'm, I'm no white knight going around looking to solve the injustice of the world, but it, wouldn't it be nice that if we got to a place where we saw something is wrong or, or, or different, that we don't act with sort of like anger or sarcasm or like what people would brand as, I guess, sort of like a negative response or a venting response, that impulse to just say, this is wrong. Mm. But like we actually act in a positive manner because Schadenfreude is the best sometimes. It's yeah. so cathartic. So cathartic. Yeah. But like, what if, you know, we could nudge people in the positive in those moments as well? But it's it's scary and it's confronting as well. I know it's something that I've it's certainly come into my life in the last five years that I was very much like, I, I'm not a big fan of confrontation at the best of times. If mm. I can avoid it, hells yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to a point now that if you, if you see something happening that you need to, and you're there and you're the one that could possibly change this for the better, um, you've, you've got to try do it. But sometimes it's mm-hmm. scary, it's confronting, and it's a lot to, a lot to take in. And whether yeah. that be, you know, someone just acting in a way they're not supposed to do. Like I was at the uh, Edmonton Fringe Festival in 2018, I think it was. And it was late mm-hmm. at night. We kind of were all at the bar. All the shows are finished for the night. And I see these two drunk dudes uh, much bigger than me, I should point out. This is an important part of the story. Walking around and they started like climbing things and like tearing down fringe banners and like just Not basically cool. like just basically like just doing like graf- graffiti and vandalism. And then just this little part of my brain that admittedly was a little bit drunk to switched on <laughs> and the Australian in me arced up from five to 11 and I just yelled <laughs> out in the most Australian accent oi you see words better stop tearing down that banner I'm gonna kick your ass and boy did they flee fast and you know <laughs> I think that's the thing about having a little guy yell at you he's either like crazy or knows some shit that you don't know <laughs> and uh there's my little tip for you if you're out of town you just crank out that Australian accent and you will you will scare some drunken Canucks yeah, and C word helps a lot because like that word does not get bandied about around no, the rest of the world as freely like, as it does here. I don't like that word outside of here and maybe some rougher parts of England, you know? <laughs> so would you say that that impulse, going back to that idea of like, was that a bit of your dad? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I think it was just that because if I, if I probably was presented with that scenario... I probably would have gone, oh, well, the police will deal with it or, you know, that's not my problem. But in that moment, I was just so enraged that mm. the audacity of these people who thought they could just rip down this possibly very expensive banner that someone had spike, you know, spent a long time on. Same thing mm-hmm. when I see someone like even just tearing down someone's like show poster. I'm like, this yep. is some bullshit. You got to call people out because people just think they can get away with everything. Well, that's the thing. And then going back to that sort of, you know, the individual and the the sort of presence that we have, like we've got to not let our dumb pride get in the way when things are wrong. And like in the world of social media, like the hills that people are choosing to die on. Oh, literally. Real dumb. In <laughs> literally in some cases. Yeah. Out of, out of some dumb pride where they don't want to just learn and overcome. And I think politics, you know, not to segue into something so heavy, but like, is has the same curse right now where you know people are saying you know whatever you said last year you should hold to now 
but extrapolate that to the rest of the world. Like we learn, we grow, we adapt, we get a new perspective. We have to change our minds from time to time. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's come up a lot since obviously like a bulk of the episodes I've done for this have happened during uh, COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like a handful that recorded very early on in what I call the before times. And <laughs> the world is changing and we've seen so much change. And Ryan Adam Wells uh, said it best is that like this pandemic from very early on has brought out the best in the best people and the worst in the worst people. Mm-hmm. And it's about that that pride and those people on either side of that fence, not being able to shift wanting or wanting to shift their view um, because they're so stuck in this one ideology that they have, or this one uh, educated or as it may be uneducated view about how this whole thing should be dealt with. Hmm. And the thing that's the most frustrating to me is this whole fucking thing could be over by now. (laughs) If we all just went, yep, science seems real. It's it's, it's, it seems oversimplifying it a little, but basically, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, be done. Like yeah, be all a, done. Like there was a freedom protest in Perth last week. For what? That's absurd. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you just had the grand final there. We had the grand final. We're literally like the most like free place in the world right now, um, other yep. than our border restrictions, obviously. But God, it, that just frustrates me to no end. I'm like, what are you protesting? Go get a fucking jab, and this is done. You can yep. go, and then you can go to Queensland or whatever you want to do. <laughs> and this to, goes. You want to go to Bali again? Get the goddamn jab. All right. I, I, I don't want to go again. Not for another ten years. <laughs> um, but you're you're right. Like this is this is people being afraid of being wrong rather than being given the opportunity of being wrong, which would, which is what we need to see it as. And I would absolutely fucking salute anyone that's willing to say, "Oh yeah, I've done the research," or "I'm now willing to listen to the scientific research." And yeah, I, I do see now that this is this is the roadmap out of this situation. Like I yep. would, I would never be like, oh, I fucking told you so. I'd be like, fucking great, man. Welcome to the mm-hmm. team. Welcome yep. to the getting to live and go wherever you want team. Yeah. You like holidays? You like hugs from friends? Well, yeah. let me tell you. You like your goddamn grandma? Let's get it done. <laughs> um, I feel like we've definitely touched on a lot of this already. Um, talking about being willing to admit your mistakes, not being afraid to apologize and grow and change. Uh, I love the idea that we're not, always wrong sometimes we're just different and being able to uh not be held back by your own sense of pride how do you think we can use all of these things that we've been talking about to make the world a better place i think i think we need to stop trying to be the the leader of the pack the the loudest voice in the room mm-hmm. i think we need to listen Acknowledge that people feel heard because consensus, it's impossible, right? Of so course. I think if, if people can genuinely feel heard and then we look at what's presented in front of us, whether, you know, that's being shown that something that you thought was wrong was right or conversely, you know, what was right was wrong, being okay to accept that, being heard, accepting this information and allowing change. That's what I would say. What about, what about you, Shane? I think I think you summed it up very well. I mean, we live in a world where we can't even agree that Keaton is clearly the best Batman, mm. and that's okay, mm-hmm. you know. But but the thing is, the Batman Dark Knight trilogy was a better series of movies, and that's what you're not taking into account there. But I hear you. Mm. Keaton is the best Batman. Yeah. But they're not the best Batman movies. Okay. Well, I agree. Disagree. 
Well, no, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think we can all agree. If there's one thing we can all agree on, uh, Ryan Reynolds is a handsome son of a bitch, and boy, did he save the Deadpool franchise. And how. Looking forward to Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. which you'll hear about on the Cave podcast. <laughs> yeah, which we are recording straight after this. Um, <laughs> Paul, we're almost out of time. Would you like to tell uh, people where they can find you on the internet if they want to uh, follow you or reach out and say uh, hello and let you know what a great uh, mustache you have? Yes, please. I am Rennie Pirate on just about everything. That's one word, R-E-N-E, and then the word pirate, or one word, uh, on all the socials. Uh, follow me there. I uh, am usually just a sarcastic and sexy MF. That is true. I can confirm. Uh, Paul, it's been so great to finally uh, get you on uh, my other podcast. Uh, let's Pleasure go record indeed. our podcast now. Great idea. Uh, which you can check out uh, on anchor.fm as well. It's called The yep. Cave and uh, check it out. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Shane. Hey there, folks. Thanks so much for checking out the latest episode of Good Morning, Mrs. Strawberry. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to help us out and help the channel grow, make sure you like, subscribe wherever you get your good podcasts, and help us out by leaving a rating on those websites where you can leave ratings for podcasts. Also, if you'd like to check out some of the other stuff I've been doing, you can check out Cube Boy Collectibles. That's right. If you head to cuboycollectibles.square.site, you can check out my art toys, art prints, skateboard decks, and other weird stuff I've been creating over the last year and a half. There's also stickers, button badges, postcards, and whole bunch of other stuff that's cuboycollectibles.square.site check it out i hope you like it thanks for listening to the podcast enjoy the rest of your lives